The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, on today's pod, me and Matt broke down the Eastern Conference. This pod is a little less Raptors focused and more focused on the NBA in general. We went through and kind of did an over-under for each team, what reasonable expectations were, gave a little insight about the team. I think the East is going to be much, you know, much better than it has been in previous seasons, at least at the top, when you talk about the 76ers, Celtics, Raptors, all kind of competing there, and a team that I think is going to be a surprise this season you'll have to listen to see who that team is we also talk a little bit about the Raptors preseason and Kawhi Leonard's you know Raptors debut in a way so hope you guys enjoy I'm good, Mike. I'm good. How are you? We are recording this early in the morning on Sunday, but uh, but uh, all good, and I'm all hyped up because we've we we've seen the uh, the Raptors actually in action now on on a court against another team instead of just practice videos or other random uh, random videos. We have actually seen them play now, which is super exciting. Right. I as as of recording this, I have not seen them yet. I will be watching. The preseason game immediately following this recording i was watching ohio state versus penn state last night uh ohio state pulled out the victory so i'm very happy and yes yes congratulations <laughs> yeah and uh i will be watching the game afterwards so i guess to start off here i'll just ask you a couple questions about how the game went first yeah, of, yeah 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 first of all what's it like watching Kawhi in the toronto year after his uniform um oh my gosh uh you know you know, I, I think I've experienced this sense of pure joy twice this week. Uh, er, earlier in the week, when Kawhi was actually introduced uh, on Media Day, and he came out wearing a uh, a uh, Toronto Raptors uniform, which was just so exciting. And then uh, to actually see him take the floor uh, as a Toronto Raptor was also very, very exciting. He uh, uh, it was it, it, it was just really it was just really interesting to see him you know in with all of these guys that we've seen before these pieces that they've built around with the Raptors, and uh, and uh, just super exciting. 
What did you think of JV not starting the game? You know, I found that interesting, and um, I think I think Nick, uh, you know, a few people asked Nick Nurse about why, and uh, I feel like it might have actually something to do with the fact that OG uh, 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 couldn't be with the team because of the passing of his father, which is, of course, very unfortunate and totally reasonable as to why he was not there. But um, I think I think in that sense, uh, he wanted to he wanted to work with like super small lineups. And see how that went, and uh, and uh, it makes sense against a team like Portland as well. Um, I think I think also as well, it could be a it could be a tactic where he wants to see how how much utilization he can get out of super small lineups where the team does have one uh, big man uh, like Nurkic who's uh, who, who's really good, and uh, and uh, to, to to me I was fine with it. Of course, CJ Miles was a little bit more interesting in that lineup, but. I feel like that might have something to do with uh, Siakam's three-point abilities, and, uh, and w- w- which is why you know I'm getting less and less uh, confident that Siakam will actually start a lot of games. I think uh, I think uh, his role his role is more defined in the bench due to that lack of three-point shooting, and and uh, in terms of three-point shots, I actually observed him taking the other day, or sorry, last night. Uh, you know, it was still that sort of same motion, same speed. Uh, it was definitely not as quick, I think, as uh, as some of our Raptor fans' high expectations might have been, and maybe unreasonably so. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the preseason a little bit more as we get closer to the season and kind of get a feel for this team. The main point of today is we are going to go through the Eastern Conference and kind of just do a preview for every team. So, obviously... Most of our podcasts are Raptors-focused. This one will be a little bit more based upon the entire league, or in this case, the Eastern Conference. We'll also be posting out a Western Conference one shortly. Matt, I have the over-unders pulled up here. I guess Perfect. kind of just to, just to base things off of, we'll kind of give whether we think that over-under is about right, a little too high, a little too low. To start off, we'll start with the Atlanta Hawks. They have the over/under set at the very low twenty-three point five under. Matt, what do you think about that number? Uh, it's you know as as hard as it can be to get the over/under correct on the top teams. I also think it can be a little bit tough to get the over/unders correct on the bottom teams because we just don't know if they're gonna be bad or if they're gonna be uh you know working their way up and for me i think i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna take the split and go at this that that is about right i think that they have uh a mix of really interesting young talent uh highlighted of course by uh trey young and uh and have brought in some veterans like vince carter to be able to uh, round out their lineup and uh, bring a little bit of mentorship and stewardship to the younger to the younger folks. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know interesting pieces here, but who knows how quickly they're going to uh, gel together. Um, I think Lloyd Pierce is actually a really interesting choice of the Hawks as well, going with a young uh, first timer coach who can uh, really shepherd this group through. Which means the Atlanta Hawks do feel that they have. Something here to build around for the future. Uh, I'm a big Torin, uh, Torin Prince fan. I think that he was a fantastic find last year and a really breakout player. And uh, I, I, you know, he, I had him on my fantasy team and he actually didn't do too bad for me either. Uh, I feel that uh, you know the Atlanta Hawks won't be 
turning any heads or anything, but they'll they'll win a few games and they'll get and they'll get gelled together. So I think this is a team that we're just gonna have to watch its development and hopefully just as basketball fans get uh, excited about their development as uh, as they continue to grow. Yeah, you touched on something with the how it's hard to predict the poor teams in the NBA. I think it's actually harder to predict those bad teams over under in the NBA. Because you don't know when they're going to fully go into tank mode and when they're going to give effort. And obviously with these bad teams, a lot of times they're younger teams, so it's harder to predict guys like that. I think this over-under is about right. I don't think the Hawks are going to be very good. They have some interesting pieces in Giant Collins, Torian Prince. I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan. I think even if you are a Trey Young fan, it's reasonable to assume that he is going to struggle this season. They did pick up Jeremy Lin, so that's another point guard to have on their team. I I don't think this team's going to be very good this season. I'm a little more optimistic about their future. It appears they know that they're not going to be good in the short term, and they're more basing their project on a long-term future, which I think is good for them. I think if I had to guess, I would say they'd hit the over, but I, I wouldn't feel confidence with it. And if I had any money, I certainly wouldn't be placing it on this bet. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, you know, the Atlanta Hawks is, is one of those teams where the, the, the good, the, the, the top tier teams in the NBA are always looking for because it's more than likely an easier win, an easier night overall. And, uh, that's no offense to the Atlanta Hawks. I think that, you know, part of the teardown and the, and the rebuild is, is building it back up, right? And that takes time and patience. So, uh, you know, hopefully they're communicating that out to their fans as well because uh, because the Hawks had a nice run uh, uh, for for many many years there and just weren't able to get over the hump and uh, and uh, you know all you know all the best to them and I think that like you said interesting pieces that if they grow together and develop together it could be a really solid team. I can't imagine what it's like to watch a team that is really good but just can't get over the hump and get to the NBA Finals. That would be yeah. really weird to watch. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about uh, about that at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's good that they're this bad. If they were signing veteran free agents, I would be more worried about them. So it will be bad for Atlanta this year, but hopefully, brighter things are in their future. Yeah, 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 and 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 you know, there are a few teams that are in that limbo mode that we'll talk about where they're signing veterans and doing some things that maybe they shouldn't be if they and decide whether to tear down or to build up. So good on the Atlanta Hawks for just being like, let's tear it down and let's go again. Absolutely. Uh, one of those teams, I think, in a way, is the Chicago Bulls. 27.5 is their over-under. I think that they are going to be horrific on defense. When you talk about a combination of Zach Levine, uh, Jabari Parker, and Laurie Markin in it, you're one – at your two through four, that's really, really bad on the wings there. Uh, Wendell Carter, for all all I think he can be, and I am a huge Wendell Carter fan, I don't expect him to be quite there defensively his rookie season. And I just – I don't see it for this team. I don't really like the way this team is constructed. I'm going to hit the under on this team. I understand they have some individual talent, but I just don't like how it fits. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to take the under uh, as well, and, and and I think and I think you know you hit it on the head that that it's the defense that's the problem here. I think their wins are going to come from when they run people out of the gym in a game in February when the other team just can't hit those threes or can't find their their shot. I mean, 
I mean, I mean, I would put them down in the Atlanta Hawks sort of territory. Maybe not as as bad because there's just a little bit more seasoned talent on this team to be able to to to, to pull out a few wins over time. And, 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 and I mean, you know, Fred Holberg is a, is a pretty established coach as well and, and a really good coach, I think, as well. So, yeah, and, uh, bringing in Jabari Parker, a little bit of a, of a strange move. I know you don't necessarily like that move very much. And, uh, you, you know, I still, I still have a lot of hope for Zach Levine, though, because I feel that he is a really great talent and, and, uh, and, um, still might be on the wrong team. I think uh, Zach Levine's impact would actually go up on a better team just because he would be such a great complimentary piece there. But uh, yeah, I I actually think the you know just looking just looking at the roster even right now that it, the Chicago Bulls have one of the more stale, uninteresting rosters in the entire league. Well, and with Atlanta, as we see, they're clearly building something where they went Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the backcourt where they want to have elite three point shooting and. A lot of teams you find have an identity. The Chicago Bulls, I mean, going back to the three alphas and what they've done here, they just, it doesn't seem like they have a real identity of how they want to build this team, and it feels more like they're kind of just plugging whoever's available at the time that they happen to become available. I just, I don't see a consistent vision from the past three to four all-seasons of what this team should be. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it it's a it's a collection of talent, right? And I think, uh, you know, the better teams in the NBA, like uh, or even in the Eastern Conference, like the Celtics, the Raptors, they they understand what pieces they need to 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 fill in holes. Or if you're someone like the Raptors case, where you realize that you had too many players that fitted to slots but couldn't be uh, universal or or. Or, or be able to fit in multiple positions, then you go out and you get players that can do that to help, again, fill holes in your team. But as we look through this, I see a lot of role players, a lot of uh, players who fit onto only one slot, and that's a little concerning in terms of just where the league has gone and uh, how teams are playing and how teams want to beat you. So it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not really looking good for the Chicago Bulls. The direction just certainly isn't there. Well, and Jabari Parker is a small forward. I think in today's NBA, it's pretty clear he's a power forward. And if you're going to play him at the three, you at least have to have a power forward who can slide over and help him defensively. And that's not Laurie Markkinen. So I I just am skeptical on this team. Perhaps I'm wrong. I certainly am not right on every team, but I'm skeptical on this team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So am I. (laughs) Uh Next is the New York Knicks, and I said I would hit the under on the Chicago Bulls, but I really would hit the under on the New York Knicks. I I will take out a mortgage on a house that I don't own yet to make sure to bet the under on the New York Knicks, who have a 29.5 over under. I'm not I'm not seeing it from this team at all. They Kristaps is going to be out till probably at least February. I'm not sure where the other star power on this team is. Matt, what do you think about this? Yeah, like, like how, how is there, how is there twenty nine wins in this team? Like, 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 and it's no offense to 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 the Knicks. Like, I think, I think, every, you know, I think at this point, it's not even, it's not even that the NBA, uh, from like a business perspective, wants to see the Knicks be good. I just think everybody wants to see the Knicks be good because it's just been so bad for so long now that 
it's it, but yeah but yeah in terms of in terms of direct you know going back to the discussion of direction and and where you're going i think the hiring of david fisdale is a fantastic step i think that uh you know that sort of coach who's a little bit more established but much but his philosophies are much more uh in line and modern with what is going on in today's nba is really important in this case to, to help to help this team find an identity but with Chris Stapps being out, uh, you're right. Where 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 are the teams? Uh, where, where are like the points going to come from? Where is the defensive leadership going to come from? Uh, you know, they have a good mix of uh, of veterans and younger players. Courtney Lee is is obviously not bad. It would be a good support uh, support player, but uh, and Cantor is a little bit hit or miss, and uh, and, and and is a little bit more antical than he used to be as well uh joaquin noah's still on the team uh surprisingly somehow and for now for now yeah for now for now yeah yeah uh i think i think that bio might be coming uh pretty soon but you know you, you know again like i just don't see where the identity is where the direction is so uh you know teams that are in limbo like that are very tough uh, uh they're, 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 they find it hard to win and I think that that's what this team is going to be, is that it's going to be hard to find people or hard to find wins and hard to find really good wins as well. So I think in the long run, New York is probably just waiting to see if uh, who's going to come to their team, because apparently uh, the entire NBA is going to come to their team next year. So 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 why not just wait around and, and wait out the season? They're going to sell out every game anyway. So what's so what's really the difference to them? Every year, the free agents are going to go to New York, is what I hear. So, yeah. <laughs> um, as yeah, they they won twenty nine games last year. I don't see why they would be better this year with less Kristaps. And not to mention, by the time Kristaps gets back, they're going to be terrible. So there will be real no rush to play him. So yeah, it just it confuses me why this line is so high. I guess it doesn't. I think it's the New York fans that are pushing the line up and. You know, people get excited for the Knicks, and people will bet the over on this, but I, I just don't see it at all. I think that Enos Cantor is probably their best offensive player, and I don't think that should be – that's not meant in a positive light. I think that <laughs> – like, I I could see them moving off Courtney Lee before the season ends if they're able to get a decent package. I just – and anytime you have Emmanuel Moutier playing legitimate minutes at – point guard that's not good for your team i this team to me is just as bad as atlanta i'm surprised they have an over under this high i may or may not be actually putting money on it and i'm hammering the under <laughs> you know you know i i i always have to often wonder where the narrative come comes from that everybody wants to go to the knicks why would for example kyrie irving leave his situation in, in in Boston to come to the Knicks is is it the lifestyle is it is it the city I mean I mean is it because I feel like Kyrie Irving is more of a winner than than, than most people and I feel like Kawhi is as well or or Jimmy Butler and, and I mean Jimmy Butler who knows but um but you know the other two are champions and and and, and I don't know if they want to spend seasons in in the drama filled playground of the of the New York Knicks you know. Yeah, I could never imagine Kyrie Irving wanting to get out of a t- serious title contender and probably the favorite to win the East. 
Uh, no, but on a serious note, uh, nobody's wanted to go to New York since Carmelo did forever ago. The fact that they continue to think they're a free agent destination to me is a little arrogance. But, you know, it changes in the blink of an eye. I used to laugh at the Lakers for saying that they were the free agent destination. And then, boom, they land the biggest free agent of all this summer. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's true. It just takes one to change their mind. And maybe Kyrie, who I they call him a New York kid. He's really not. He's from New Jersey, but... <laughs> All it takes is one, and if he goes there with Jimmy Butler, I certainly, at least for the Knicks credit, I don't see them trading for Jimmy Butler, and to me that's obviously the smart approach, so I will give them that. They seem to be run obviously more competently than when Phil Jackson was there, so yeah, they, it's better for the Knicks. I just I don't see it this season. Yeah, 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 no, 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 for sure. Next is the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, as you know, I'm a little bit higher on. Maybe it's being in Ohio, and I'm falling into the hype. They have an over-under of 30.5. I just think they're a hair better than the New York Knicks and Orlando Magic, who they're sandwiched in between. This team has Kevin Love, who's a bona fide all-star. He's a really good player. They have a bunch of older veteran pieces, which I think that can kind of make the team go either way. If you have a situation where George Hill checks out like he did in Sacramento, it's obviously a bad thing. But they have the talent there, and they have guys who have been good earlier in their career. Matt, what do you think about this thirty point five line? I think uh, I think I think it's about right on the money, and I'm going to take the the, the the that it is. And I think and I think it is for the reasons that you said. This is the first team that we've talked about that actually has a bona fide all star on it in, in, in Kevin Love, and uh, and again, right, like. They had surrounded LeBron with a lot of veteran pieces that knew how to win. And those veteran pieces are still there that, for the most part anyway, that know how to win. And, and that means, and that means that they're going to be a little bit more crafty, a little bit more deadly, know how to win, know how to be professional. And I think that's what this team is really going to be is like that professional older team. They are, you know, what's, what's seriously missing from them is an anchor. A, uh, a a true piece to build around because I don't know if you can build a winner around Kevin Love, but he's certainly, you know, that second star piece that you really need. And and they'll be good and they'll be a tough out for uh, for teams every night. Uh, th- this is actually the team who the Raptors open up against uh, on we- on uh, Wednesday the seventeenth, and uh, I can still see them being a tough out. I think where they're really gonna uh, struggle a little bit is against those. Teams that really want to run out of the gym and teams with those bona fide, those other bona fide superstars that can really shoulder the load that Kevin Love is going to have to do on his own. And I think that's where that, that's where they'll fall off. I certainly, I certainly don't have Tristan Thompson's confidence, mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in the team, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that rant was hilarious. But, uh, but, uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, for sure that they, for sure, they're gonna win. They're gonna win games, right? Like they're not gonna be completely completely fall off the map. And uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like there's a lot of people who are thinking they're gonna be one of the worst the, the the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. I could still see them missing the playoffs as well. But I'll take I'll take the split and go and, and say that that's right on the money. I think thirty point five is just a little bit low for me as far as those are the really bad teams. They go out there. Now, Cleveland has a situation where they traded a top 10 protected protected pick to the Atlanta Hawks. So maybe that muddies the water with their incentives. I 
I think this team is going to be good this year. I think long-term they've made a mistake in the fact that they're not just kind of stripping this down to the studs and rebuilding it up. I think that's a lot of Dan Gilbert wanting to prove something about LeBron and, you know, his ego getting in the way. But I think for the short term and for next season that that will make them better, the fact that they do have these older guys, even if they are kind of disincentivized as far as they won't be really good. I think that this team, to me, could sneak in as the eighth seed in the playoffs. Uh, I think it would just be interesting to see. Yeah, and uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see where they go after this season as uh, this current season as well. Because I mean, I mean, like you said, Dan Gilbert really wants to prove that he is just that 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 he's not infinitely tied to LeBron. And uh, uh, like like you said, like I think that's a little bit of a mistake. I think uh, if I was the Cleveland Cavaliers, I have some veteran pieces that could be impactful on. Um, better teams that I would try to, you know, occur through a, a few more assets to be able to build towards the future. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're talking, why are you not involved in the Minnesota Timberwolves trade, taking on Gorgie Jane's big money contract in order for draft assets and then send out a player who's a somewhat viable piece? I, I just don't get where, if I'm them, I know I'm going to be bad for a while. I at least want to pick up some draft assets because you're not going to get the guys in free agency. So the long-term vision, I don't see it, but I do think that they'll be better than this group for next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Another team that I I think is going to be kind of the opposite of the Cavaliers in that I like their future, I'm not as sold on what they are next year, is the Orlando Magic. They have an over-under of 31.5. They have a lot of interesting pieces with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, who I was big on coming out of the draft and Mo Bamba. The problem is their guard play, I think, is not very good. Evan Fournier is a nice player, is a kind of small forward shooting guard player. But they don't really have a point guard. This team, I think, is going to struggle to put up points. They might be okay defensively, but again, that front court is very young for all the talent they are. I, you know, I don't want to take the under on too many of these bad teams, but I would say I probably lean under here, but I'm mostly staying away. Yeah, I think I think I have to lean slightly under as well. And for all the reasons you said that I think are really important is that the Orlando Magic are taking a cue from their uh, early 90s days and building a strong strong front court. I'm pretty high on Mobamba. I think that I think that he has the opportunity to really be something special in the NBA and really and, and really impactful. Uh, Vujovic is still there, and I think that Vujovic is still a great piece to, to to have around. And Aaron Gordon is really exciting as well. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the the supporting the supporting cast in on the wings is going to be a little tough. I don't see I don't see many two way players. I don't see many players that can uh, break out and be impactful. But um, you know, the front court is exciting, and I think over time they can uh, really work. Now that they have a, have an established front court, on building it and bringing in those different pieces as a whole. So for me, I still think that uh, the Orlando Magic are a team that are on the up, uh, maybe a little bit slower than they would like or their fans would like, but. Uh, I still think that there's a lot of hope with this team uh, compared to some of the other teams that we've talked about already where they they have a direction and just about occurring a few more assets and moving a few more pieces to get 
to get that next impactful piece that can really help. And then, of course, really developing Mobamba and really making sure that he stays focused and and uh, built out. Because I think uh, I, you, you know Mobamba is a is 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 one of those really exciting players that could turn into something really what really good and really interesting uh, down the line. What do you think the chances uh, Vooch gets bought out there? You know, I think with Mo Bamba's center, you obviously want to start him. He's an older guy. I don't. I certainly don't think Vooch is in their long-term future. And I think he could help a team off the bench. Uh, I it probably won't be Toronto, so hopefully he doesn't help anyone in the Eastern Conference. But I think, yeah, I think he's a buyout candidate. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I think uh, I think they were really high on Vucevic uh, or Vucevic, sorry, before, but. Now that they, you know, they had the opportunity to draft so high this year that they needed to, that, you know, now he doesn't, now he doesn't really fit in, and uh, I'm not sure how many years he has left on his current contract. But uh, it's it's one. It's just one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I. I mean. I mean that 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 would be really exciting for for contending teams if they were able to pick him up because that is just such a solid asset to bring in and such a and such a rock to really just help your front court uh, as a whole right yeah i think and you know uh john hammond is there now is the main decision maker he is milwaukee's old gm and i think it's pretty clear from what he's demonstrated both in milwaukee and just a short time in orlando he values a team with a monster wingspan you know, pretty. That seems to be his kind of what he likes to acquire, and Mo Bamba kind of fits that more, obviously, with the largest wingspan since Bowl or Manute Bowl. So. Yeah, yeah. Scary. His, <clears throat> wings, they'll be wings. scary on defense once they get fully developed there. If you can run an Isaac Bamba, and then I'm not sure how Aaron Gordon fits in there. I think he might be a trade candidate eventually, but I think that they could be scary long. He has a seven ten wingspan. It's nuts, just insane. That is insane. <laughs> uh, next is the Brooklyn Nets. I think in many ways this team has less talent than the Orlando Magic. They are, you know, they certainly don't have the high level prospects. I'm not as sold on D'Angelo Russell at this point in his career, but they have a lot of weird players that kind of somehow gel together. Kenny Atkinson is a good coach, and this team plays really hard. The Orlando Magic, to me, are someone who maybe don't live up to their their talent level consistently. The Brooklyn Nets kind of overshoot that talent level. Their over is 32.5. I would take the over here. Matt, what are you thinking? Oh, I thought you were going to take the under. I was. I'm going to take the over as well. <laughs> I think, uh, and I think it is for the reasons that you that that you stated. Kenny Atkinson is is, is really, He's like wringing a uh, wringing a cloth in the in the sink. Like he's getting every last drop of talent that he can get out of out of uh, this team. And I think and, and I think it's proving to be well. Uh, you know. I, again, we're not trying to predict the future. I don't know where their future is, but in terms of this team right now, it can, it, it can be competitive, right? And 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 they have a lot of pl- talent on the team that knows how to play, that's been around for a long time. Uh, Damari Carroll uh, was ha- had a good season last season, right? And it, sure, it didn't work out in Toronto for for a multitude of reasons that I think were mostly related to Dwayne Casey. But uh, he's still a really good play. He's still a player that's really smart, knows how to score, is professional, and uh, it, it, you know I think it was weird some of the choices that they maybe who they maybe brought in someone like a Kenneth Fareed. I'm not sure why you would 
well, do that. Well, just to know? speak on that, that was uh, they took on picks in order to take that salary on. Oh, right. So that's yeah, why yeah. he came in. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So I don't think it's more – I they were talking about buying him out, but they ended up keeping him. I'm not sure if that's the right move. But, yeah, that was uh, a pick accumulation from Denver. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that's right. I remember that. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, like like maybe not buying them out, maybe not the best option, or maybe they just figured uh, we might as well just ride it out because because you know there wasn't much of a market too. So yeah, I mean I, I mean I think they'll be competitive, and I think that they'll they'll definitely steal a few games from from some of the better teams in the league that uh, the the those teams wish that they'll have back. So uh, I mean, good for Brooklyn for trying to refine their footing after some horrible, horrible, horrible trades. And uh, trying to make the most of it and ride it out so that they can get their own picks back because I think this was the first year that they had a pick in the their own pick in a draft for, in like forever. So so it, it, it's good you can you can tell that this team is sort of more swinging towards culture change and and uh, trying to reestablish an identity of itself and, and and to do that is hard and can take a few years. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up is the Charlotte Hornets. They have an over-under of 35-and-a-half. This team seems to always underperform compared to their point differential. I'm not sure why that is, if it's just kind of a fluke or if there is something there. They have a new coach in James Borrego. I think that this team, I am I, I'm really staying away from the Hornets because I have no idea here. I'm 35-and-a-half. If, if you, you know, gun to my head, I'd be really surprised that you're Putting a gun to my head over an NBA team's over under, but I would probably I would probably say the over. I uh, but again, this team I'm not sure. Yeah, I I think I think I'm actually going to take the under, and the reason why is because I've been I've been quite high on the Charlotte Hornets for many many years. Uh, again, they are they are another team that has a bona fide uh, all star in Kemba Walker and they just cannot seem to get the right collection of talent around him to build uh, that direction for what they need to do next and they and they often get caught and uh, I wonder how much how many of those are Michael Jordan decision moves uh, just because he likes a certain player for a certain reason but uh, it's it, it's tough to see where they're going to get a lot of wins outside of Kemba Walker and and uh, I believe Kemba's in a contract year as well right yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so you know he, you know he's going to be playing his hardest and making sure that he's getting his, which could also be holding the team back, be, uh, maybe a little bit because I'm I'm of the opinion that I think Kemba's going to walk to a different team. I think uh, I think he's I think he's given the Hornets more than enough time, and that maybe it's perhaps time to explore other options. And and I feel like Kemba's also somebody who's a winner. Uh, you know, it's really weird seeing Tony Parker in another uniform uh, like it was yesterday. When we when we first saw him up there, but I think that I, th- I I I just don't see where the motivation is gonna be for big wins, and they they just seem to have this odd eclectic group of talent that just doesn't gel together. So I don't understand why they keep on trying to hammer at home. Yeah, and I for the long term future of this team, I really am not optimistic. The contracts uh, we kind of went through them earlier. And they're just all bad. You just have bad contract after bad contract. I think it's going to be 
you know, a three to four year process before this team could be really good. I do enjoy I did like the pick of Miles Bridges. I think in kind of the modern NBA, he fits perfectly, and I'm really shocked he fell that low. But there's just too many bad contracts on this team that I don't expect them to be good kind of in the near future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that he, uh, Miles Bridges, yeah, awesome, right? And uh, if Kemba does walk, then he becomes the centerpiece of the team. Right. Uh, Next, the Detroit Pistons, 37.5. I'm going to take the under on this team. I think if you guaranteed me health for all their star players, I would take the over. But at this point in his career, I'm not confident Blake Griffin is going to play 60-plus games. I'm and I just don't see the talent without him on the court between Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond to get them much higher than that. I think that there's a chance they could hit this over, but for now I'll take the under. I'm, I'm going to, I, uh, sorry, what was the, what was the line? 37 and a half. 37 and a half. Um, I think that is, uh, it, it, I, I, I'm going to take an under as well. I was, I was sorry. I was going to, I was debating between taking the split. I think, I think the worst move that this team made this year was actually hiring Dwayne Casey as their coach. Uh, as you know, two people who watch a lot of Raptors basketball and have for a long time, we know a lot of Dwayne Casey's philosophies and, uh, Dwayne Casey's tendencies. And I think that this is just the complete wrong roster for someone who, who has more traditional values in terms of his coaching style. And, uh, and uh, to to give him that five year commitment, I just think is is crazy. Yeah, he's been a winner, but he's also proven to be a little bit behind with what needs to be done. And I think a team that's built around two, uh, you know, two big guys, two big guys, one and a more and one more traditional big man, uh, is, is is you know just just the wrong sort of move. Is it going to be? Like I just imagine post up after post up after post up, Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond, not very much movement. And for me, that 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 is not very inspiring. And I think that that's going to really hold back this team that you know does have does have Blake Griffin on it, yeah, uh, but an older Blake Griffin and a in a more hurt Blake Griffin. And this is you know an older group as well. I mean, they have Zaza on that team too, right? And he's a little bit more. Uh, older and what happens if Drummond and and or Griff or what happens if Drummond goes down and then we have to play Zaza a lot and where 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 are all your post up moves going to come from? So for me, I just think I, I I just think that Detroit's floundering a little bit and I think the addition of a uh, of Dwayne Casey, a coach who who has known to flounder in his philosophies, is just the wrong idea. I guess I'll push back on that a little. I think okay. I, I'm a little more sold on Dwayne Casey as a head coach there. I think you can see a little bit of two-man game between Drummond and Blake that will help. He had JV, who by all accounts was a good post-up player, and didn't post him up an absorbent amount. And I think that Dwayne Casey has proven that he, at the minimum, can build a kind of a creative environment for teams and with Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, you know, there's there's been, I wouldn't say team chemistry issues, but it's not always been the happiest of places. I think that Dwayne Casey was a solid hire for where they're at right now. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I... It, I, it, I understand the concerns, yeah, but yeah. overall, I, I think that he'll be okay there, and I wouldn't worry too much about the roster because I think some of that might change pretty quickly here. 
yeah, and I mean, and I mean, maybe that's maybe that is what they're going to do, and, and and I guess that's why you would make that long term commitment to a coach as well. And uh, and, and uh, sorry, I'm just commenting on the roster that they have now, and perhaps mm-hmm. you're right. Perhaps he's kind of like perhaps he's already kind of pushing management. Hey, we need to do uh, some of this, some of this to, to to change the roster. So I just I. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never been that the biggest Dwayne Casey fan. I found his uh, philosophies a little bit limited, and and even and you know even watching the Raptors last night and how they're off and how their offense was a little mostly similar to last year, but their defense was a lot more switch heavy, and uh, you you can see the changes already starting to take effect and being built to the roster that exists. So I just think that I just think that somebody that's a little bit more closed minded isn't necessarily going to work in today's game as much. So. I I agree with you, and I think we kind of have a similar stance on Casey. I will say to him, as far as the close-minded, at least, you know, he didn't totally reinvent that offense. I think it was Nurse. But as the head coach, you have to be willing to give up control of that, and I think that was, you know, pretty a good job by him because I think you see a lot of coaches who wouldn't be willing to give up that control. And... I, I guess I'm a little more optimistic. I with five years and still paying Stan Van Gundy, I think we'll certainly at least he'll get three years to figure it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Like 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 it's not like if the Pistons underperform that he's suddenly gonna be gone either, uh, because then you're paying two head coaches for a long time, which is crazy. So I mean, good for Dwayne. Uh, I'm happy because Dwayne Casey's a great guy and everything like that. So it's not, not nothing against him personally, um, and I'm really glad he's getting he's getting paid. It's just it's, it, 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 it's just a difference of opinion with me and Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I, it's funny whenever as Raptors we have to comment on Dwayne Casey or Demar Derozan. It feels we always have to kind of preface it by saying they're a great guy and then go on to rip their basketball. <laughs> <laughs> DeRozan can't shoot. He can't do anything. He's a great guy, though. But yeah, he yeah. can't shoot. But yeah. he makes horrible decisions. His efficiency is horrible. Great, great guy. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I mean, the true. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next is the Miami Heat. They're forty-one and a half. Is their over/under? I I could see this going either way. I'm going to take the over just on the amount of depth this team has. I think their ceiling is a little bit lower than a lot, even some of the teams below them. But I think when you just have that many people, and this is not accounting for a Jimmy Butler trade right now, I think maybe there's a 25% chance that the Heat are the one that gets him. I think they just have so much depth on that team that that bodes well for them over the course of a regular season. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a slight over uh, on on this team, and again, that's without a Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, I think uh, I think I think they could. I think they're the one realistic team. Who could make the trade and uh, be okay? Because they have so many similar players that are just tough, hard-nosed uh, wing guys that can really that, that that can come in and be those impactful players, just not those superstar players. And uh, I think uh, I think with a Jimmy Butler on this, uh, I mean, again, hypothetical, but with a Jimmy Butler on this team, that would be uh, that forty-one would become a way over. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, you know, I would say 42, 43 wins right now for the for the Miami Heat as they're built up. Uh, I think, uh, I, you, you know, I just really like I just really like their style. Uh, I think I think Eric Spolstra has done a really fantastic job of bringing together this this group of talent and really almost rallying them in many ways. I think the the way that they 
they they play is just very impressive for the for the talent that they do have and and some players do overachieve uh Drogic I think is a good leader for that team because he has a similar like physical hard-nosed philosophy that really ties the group together and uh and uh, you know they also they also have a lot of sentimental motivation as well with Dwayne Wade's last season to try to get him into the playoffs and maybe win a round uh sorry maybe not sorry I should say steal a round uh from somebody but uh yeah I think uh, I, I think Miami has done a really good job in the post uh big three era of not completely falling off the map and uh, has done a really good job of again collecting collecting more talent i just think that perhaps that talent needs to be a little bit more diversified and uh, with a few more lengthy players who can shoot uh to really round out the round nose uh, uh hit them hard sort of uh players that they have yeah and i guess for the future of this team i'm a little less optimistic they have a lot of contracts that were kind of signed in that summer of 216 where the cap was going up and teams apparently thought it was going up to 200 million because there's just a lot of bad contracts. You're talking about like Tyler Johnson, Hassan Whiteside. I don't think anybody's lining up to get those. But at the same time, they're good players right now. And I think that this team is probably locked into the bottom half of the playoff for the next three years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about teams that really did get screwed in the 2016 year, I think Miami might have been one of the one of the top ones because they lost they lost their players. And then they, and then at the same time, they took on those, those bad contracts to try to still be competitive. So, um, but I mean, even still, right? Like, like, like their long term outlook is not the worst. It's just, it's just, you know, you, you know, I think bringing in, if they were able to re sign Jimmy Butler, that would really help give them direction and, uh, and an anchor on which to build around. Right. Yeah. Like, I think, uh they're locked in, like I said, to the bottom half of the playoffs where they'll be a playoff team, but I just, I don't yeah. see them being a top two or three seed, especially as Philly, Boston, Toronto look pretty yeah. set up for the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next is the Washington Wizards, 44 and a half. I think this is probably one of the most volatile teams in the league. I could see this team falling apart, missing the playoffs. I could see this team you know, competing for the three seed. Honestly, I think if everything breaks right and, you know, Philly struggles, I don't think it's that crazy. This team, to me, is a huge stay away. I'm really scared about what's going to happen with this team that had chemistry problems and their solution was to immediately bring in Dwight Howard. I I think this team has a lot of talent, but I just, I don't love this team. Yeah, and, you know, I think I'm. A, I think I'm going to be the. Uh, sorry, what did you say? What their line was? I don't think you did. It was forty-four and a half. Forty, right? Yeah, right, forty-four and a half. I think I'm actually going to take a slight over on this one. Um, I think, I think you know the the chemistry issue is really everything, right? Like, and and this team is like an EKG machine. It just continues to go up and down, up and down. Who knows what's going on, right? Uh, I think I think a big piece of their success this season will be John Wall's health. Uh, Keeping him healthy, he was obviously he was obviously hurt for quite a while last year. Uh, I still don't understand the decision to not bring in a new head coach. I think that Scott Brooks has proven many times that he's just not really that relationship building coach. Uh, as shown in OKC when he lost player star after star after star, uh, and and 
you, you know, I you're right. Dwight Howard is also kind of one of those players that just brings in and radiates drama and radiates uh, not getting along with people as well. But the talent that this team has is 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 so good. Um, and and if they can pull it together somehow, if there's ways that they can really just find, get get these guys to bond and trust each other, then yeah. A, a, a three four seed is no is out is not out of the question and and I and 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 again could it be another season where the where uh, a really fantastic team is in that four seed and that one seed struggles a little bit with it? Uh, this is a team that could compete with the Raptors or the Celtics or Philly easily if they can get it together. I just you know again Scott Brooks Scott Brooks could take it and Scott Brooks could be out the could be the first coach out the out the door this season. Right, yeah, I think that's a very possible situation for him. Uh, next is the Milwaukee Bucks. They have an over-under 46.5. I am hammering the over on this team. I think that this team was so poorly coached last season that I think that Mike Budenholzer will be the big difference of this team. Um, where's your? How do you stand on this, Matt? All right. Are are you placing them in if if the Philly, Boston, and Toronto are in are in the top three? Are you putting them at number four? Is that what you're? Right. Yeah. I think that. So they had 44 wins last season. Yeah. This year they bring back the exact same team almost without Jabari Parker, who I think in many ways was a negative for them last season. They add in Ersan Ilyasova, who's you know he's nothing crazy, but I think he's a solid fit next to Giannis Antetokounmpo and mostly. I mean, they go from Jason Kidd and uh, Joe Prunty to Mike Budenholzer, who I think is one of the best coaches in the NBA, and I think you got off, quite frankly, the worst coaching combination in the NBA last season. And they're two and a half wins higher. I think that's crazy low. I think that this team's going to win 55 games. Wow. Woo. Yeah. Coming in high. Whoa. Yeah, okay. I don't know necessarily about 55 wins, but that's – that. You know that's still quite a jump. I, I think I think going to stick around forty nine fifty wins, and I think the reason why is just because, it's just because, uh, the team the team the the team has a lot of great pieces around it. It's just it's just I still feel like they're missing a few, like like a piece or two that's going to really support Giannis in many ways, and I think that uh, I I can see where you're coming from with. Uh, with players like Thon Maker and, uh, and and Eric Bledsoe as well, and I and you know I found Eric Bledsoe's season last year to be a little disappointing, uh, so I'm so I'm hoping to see some bounce back from him. I just don't know. I just don't know if I see 55 wins and and uh, and, and, and and I and, and I don't know. Do you think that players are, are are more used to playing against Giannis now and are trying to figure out ways to defend him, or is he just still that unstoppable of a player? I, I still think he's that unstoppable. When you looked at him last year, he was still dominant in scoring, scored so efficiently, and that was with you know no semblance of an offense. Now that he is kind of running the – I think he'll be able to run a lot out of the high post. He's going to run a lot more pick and roll because, you know, Jason Kidd wasn't a huge fan of pick and roll offense. Budenholzer is. I think that he's really going to explode this year. I also have him as my MVP favorite so i think when a team jumps that much up and wins that it's easy to create the narrative for him being mvp i think that this 
I think that Budenholzer really is going to unlock Giannis. And mostly I think that Budenholzer is going to improve this defense. They were – the Milwaukee Bucks were one of the better teams on offense last year. I want to look this up just to make sure I get it right. Yeah, they were the seventh-ranked offense last year. The problem was they were terrible on defense. I With the roster that this team has, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Giannis – that should be a good defensive team. So now that they get rid of that crazy trap-heavy style, I think that this team could improve to maybe, you know, at least the top half in defense, and that should push them. You know, if you're seventh in offense, 15th in defense, that's about 55 wins. Oh, wow. All right. All right. I, it's a hot take, but I can see I can see where you're coming from. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and you know, I kind of hope that it is true because I would love to see just just, just what you're describing—a huge Giannis breakout that where he's just so dominant. It's not even—it's scary. Right? Yeah, I think they to me scare me as a Raptors fan more than the Indiana Pacers, who I think are perhaps have a higher floor but a lower ceiling. So yeah. I guess let's just move into them. They are forty-seven and a half. I'm going to take the slight under, but I don't feel great about it. I'm probably staying away from this one. What do you think about this one? I think I think, I think think that is uh, – I'm, I'm going to take a slight over. And uh, the reason why is I just think that they – that they're, that, that, that they're such a motivated group and a group that's really bonding together really well. And, and, and you know, I actually do really compare them to the uh, Toronto Raptors of, uh, uh, of, the er- of the earlier 2010s, let's say, uh, where, you know, they've, they, they've found an identity, they've, they've tasted winning, they, and, 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 they, and they really impressed. And I think that Oladipo was playing with a huge chip on his shoulder that's really going to push him and elevate him even more. That, uh, and, and the collection of talent around Oladipo, however haphazard it might have been, has actually re- is actually really good. And, I, and I'm a really big Nate, Nate McMillan fan as well. I think that he's a really good, solid coach for this team. So uh, I, think, I, I think a slight over not very high, 48, 49 wins, is, is, is where I'll put them. And I think that they're going to continue their uh, uh, success and trajectory from last year. Sure, yeah, and I think a lot of them relies on Miles Turner, who seems like he has all the skills, but, I mean, he's put it together that he's a solid center. I think he has the skill set to be an all-star center, and if he takes that leap, I certainly think that the over is possible. Like I said, I don't feel good about taking the under. I think that the 47.5 is about a perfect line for them, and I think, you know, that this team is, I think we can know what to expect from this team for the most part. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 there's not going to be many surprises. Like, like, like you were just describing with the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, they could, like, like if you, like, if Budenholzer's impact is as great as you expected, then we'll be like, whoa, the Milwaukee Bucks, watch out for these guys. Whereas, you know, the Indiana Pacer, Pacer, Pacers, <laughs> we're really are, are really going to be that team that. We 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 know who they are. We know exactly how to play them. And uh, I mean, in, in a Raptors sense, you're right. You're right. The Milwaukee Bucks scare me even even without uh, uh, Boonholzer on the on the team much more than the Indiana Pacers do. I think we match up really well with them. And uh, I I also agree with you on Miles Turner. I'm a really big Miles Turner fan. I think that he does have that potential and could really just be that absolute impact center. Yeah. Uh, next up is a team that also has an impact center, the Philadelphia 76ers, 54 and a half. I think that if I was 
you know, I would stay away from this. I think 54 and a half is probably a hair too high for them. Just based on the fact, are we sure Joel Embiid is going to be healthy for 82 games? You know, he's had one healthy season, and for some reason, we've kind of forgotten about his past injury concerns. I certainly hope he is. I think maybe non-Raptor, he's my favorite player in the league, but I'm not super confident he's going to stay healthy. I think that this team is, you know, it's good, but it's young, and I think that 54.5 is, you know, about right, but I would probably take the slight under. Yeah, I'm also going to take a slight under as well. Um, I think it, I mean, Joel Embiid has had injury concerns, but so has Ben Simmons as well. I think, but now having watched a few preseason games, uh, I think Ben Simmons is, uh, is over any injury concerns because he's doing some, uh, ridiculous things out there. I wonder too how much, uh, how much, uh, they, uh, you, you, you know, teams try to really, play around Ben Simmons uh in terms of in terms of adapting their defensive style to make sure that uh to make it really uh shot heavy for him uh I I, I don't I, I don't know where his uh his head is at in that sense where he could you know I I, I could see I could see much of the same I could see a breakout season from Ben Simmons as much as I could see a more of the same sort of season where he 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 hits a little bit of a wall because teams kind of know who he is and and where his weaknesses are. But I mean, at the same time, right? He's so he's so impactful and so explosive that it is that it is kind of scary. Uh, he, Brett Brown is a fantastic coach. I think he's the exact right coach for this team, and everything is up and up for this team. Uh, I but again, they 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 I think one of the more volatile teams in terms of injuries. If they. It, 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 if they were to lose one of their stars, and you can say that about any team, I guess, but I think more than any, the the supporting talent around it cannot necessarily support itself without uh, the those two guys. Totally agree. I think you know one of the things that we never talk about with the seventy six. I just want to mention Dario Saric. I think has the potential to have a breakout season. I think he's a really good player and kind of over. Obviously, he's not. Joel Embiid and he's not Ben Simmons, so it makes sense to why he's overlooked. But I really like a lot of parts of his game. Yeah, me too. I could. I mean, I mean, who knows, right? He could have a Most Improved Player in his future uh, award in his future if he's if he if, if he can get over that hump. Next, uh, I, I don't want to break down the Raptors with you. Obviously, we'll do yeah. that one much more in depth. But I do want to say their over under is fifty four and a half. I think that's absurdly low. I'm not sure why we have the same over under as the Philadelphia 76ers. I think between the New York Knicks and the Raptors, this is how I will, or perhaps I should say would spend, in quotes, would put all my gambling money on. I think the Raptors are an easy over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We need to go into it. But just even seeing Kawhi play yesterday and do it and and quote-unquote doing Kawhi things where he's going back to his, you know, his classic step, his step back and, and really looking good. And, uh, and, you know, I think a really encouraging thing that really helps push it over is that, uh, you know, you know, watching the game yesterday, just those little joys and seeing Kawhi and the team really in a lot of scrums in between, in between possessions and in between plays, I think is really encouraging that this group really wants to build it together. And, uh, and, uh, you know, just from over the week of training camp, seeing all the things that the coaching staff was doing to really work on that bonding element because they know they have the talent. It's just that bonding element that they need to find quickly. I think it's very encouraging that the coaching staff and the new people around the team understand the what what they need to do to give this team a really B 
beating pulse so that it can uh, uh, press forward really quickly. So yeah, but I but I mean but I mean I mean being as objective as possible. Yeah, it's still an it's still a way over for the Raptors. Right. Yeah. I I think it's obviously easy to get caught up in it as a Raptor fan, but to to me, I just don't understand why the line is the same as the Seventy Sixers. <laughs> second is or first in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics fifty seven and a half. I'm hitting the over on this as well. I think, you know, this team was good last year. They didn't have Gordon Hayward the entire time. They didn't have Kyrie Irving. This team, to me, screams the over. I think this team is going to win 60 games. I'm big on this team in general. That's not even counting in. I think Jalen Brown's going to take a step forward this year. I think Jason Tatum's going to take a step forward this year. And, you know, Brad Stevens is just an excellent coach. This team has depth. They have star power at the top. I just... I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Boston Celtics, and I'm going to take the over. They are they are so scary good. It is it it, it is not even funny. And uh, I, th- I you know I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of disappointed that the second game of the season for the Raptors is against the Boston Celtics. I would have preferred a two to three weeks of uh, the teams at actual competition, just so that it would have been like a really like good Lips like test. Yeah. 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 Like just to give them a little bit more time, but I don't think they play them again for a while after that first time. So, which is good. And yeah, I mean, it is going to be a dog fight. I know it, it, it could really go either way too, right? Like the Raptors have the best player on either team, but the, but as we've talked about before, the Celtics have the next, the maybe perhaps the best next four. Right, yeah, depending on how you look at it and how yeah. players develop. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but again, right, like just that perfect mix of of really young, promising, developed, and now proven talent, right? Like in the long run, uh, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward's injuries last season could be nothing but payoff in space for this team. So, uh, and uh, and I'm just such a massive Brad Stevens fan. I think that the the Celtics hit absolute gold with 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 that hire and uh i you know they have they have a really impactful morris brother as well who i think is somebody who doesn't necessarily get as as talked about as much for uh for this for this team as well and marcus smart i i i I still think is really that spark plug for this team that really just that really just puts them over the top so uh, you know, I'm seeing. You know, I do love. I do love seeing a lot of a lot of official rankings and whatever, or or just you know, ESPN rankings or whatever, saying that you know this could be the second best team in the NBA, and it, and it most certainly could be. And it's great to see Eastern Conference teams starting to make it back in the back into the discussion as, as being at the top of the league. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's definitely a high over for the Boston Celtics. I think that. I think that people are selling the Celtics and the Raptors a little bit short with their, with their, uh, with their rankings. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the top of the East is really good, and the bottom of it is not so good, which would lead to teams at the top having a high over. So, yeah, exactly. So, all right, Matt. I think that this pretty much covers us for the Eastern Conference. Uh, like I said, guys, stay tuned. We'll have a Western Conference preview out shortly, and I think next time we talk, Matt, we'll probably go over kind of what we've witnessed so far in the preseason, and I think perhaps a full kind of in-depth look at the Raptors this season and some expectations. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's what's up next. It's getting really exciting. Today is September 30th, which means there are 17 days till opening night, which is just... Uh, it, it's just like finally, like just having, yeah. just having, 
So having basketball back to be ta- to be looking at and talking about that's not like that's not like about the drama, but it's about actual basketball again is just uh, such a joy. Yeah, great time here to actually watch a pick and roll rather than you know talk about what a player's tweeting. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, good talking to you, Matt. Yep, talk to you later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.